All things automotive with the petrol head, Nico Smith. He's on the couch with a cup of coffee. Nico, how are you? Good morning, Michelle. I'm fabulous. And how are you? I'm absolutely brilliant. Nico, do you remember the first time your heart was broken? Yes, very much. (laughs) (laughs) Very clearly. Oh, that's so sweet. (laughs) So how how old were you and how did you react? No, hang on. That's like, like, we, we, we immediately swaying away from, from the car topic. I was in standard nine, which is grade 11. Yeah. yeah it wasn't, it, yeah, it was, uh, it was heartbreaking, but it's, uh, I got over it. So here I am with a smile on my face. So I got over it. Isn't that an amazing thing that actually when you talk to everybody, they all say, well, we got over it. I got over it. So that's a good thing. Yeah. That heartbreak uh, is not something that lasts forever, but that your heart can be fixed as yes. you move forward. I'm relieved I, to hear that, Nico. I, exactly. It's, I guess it's part of life and it's part of, part of a process you, you will go through. So, um, yes, that's part of life. Life's not, life's not always easy, Michelle. Um, but cause all. No, life. <laughs> cause all simple things. I know. Life is not always easy at all. Nico, what's mm. going on in your world? Uh, where are we looking at? What are we looking at? Okay, so, so the first thing is, if you are a car fan or a car fanatic or a car enthusiast, yeah, it is the Festival of Motoring at Tailami this weekend. So it's already oh. actually been running since yesterday. So it's still today and tomorrow. So if you're into cars, you're enthusiastic, and uh, you want to see the latest cars and trends, then the Festival of Motoring is, is, is a worthwhile place to go to to get to see the cars. Um, and motor shows are something that, that you don't see as much anymore. Um, before COVID, they were massive, massive overseas. And manufacturers went to motor shows to show off the latest technology and the latest cars and the latest concept cars. So it's not something you see too often anymore. Um, Festival of Motoring happens once a year. Of course, with COVID, it wasn't happening. So yeah, if you want to see the latest cars, Festival of Motoring would be a good place to start. Nico, are you going to be uh, performing, so to speak, at the festival? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have a little number that I'm singing. No, no, there's no performance. <laughs> I'm going to be karaoke on the side. Yeah. But no, okay. I, I will, uh, this, year, this year I will not be at Festival of Marching. Yeah. Um, yeah, so um, I've got other commitments this weekend. Um, okay. But yes, yes. But um, if you're into cars and into motoring, it's worthwhile going to. Okay, fantastic. Uh, all right. So I, I was talking this week, I want to start with this one, and of course go through the questions, um, because I, I think, as I always say, these are my favorite things to do, is to answer the questions, or get stumped by the questions. Yeah. But somebody was asking me again about this filling of your fuel tank. You know, I didn't talk about it. How far should you fill the fuel tank? Um, because, uh, you know, when, you, when you're filling the fuel tank, then there's, there's air and gas, and it pumps out, and then it takes a while for you to fill the tank all the way till you can see the fuel. But of course, that's not the best idea. So... The fuel tank sits underneath a rear seat, um, and that's the size of the tank. But then there's a pipe that has to run from the outside all the way to the tank. So it's okay. not a good idea to fill the tank until you see the fuel, but simply when you get to the click, that's the time to stop. Um, that's the safest way. And if you want to measure the fuel consumption, normally most cars now have a little trip computer, but otherwise drive the car till the light goes on. Um, and once the light goes on, fill the car up, and then um, write down the kilometers that you're or measure the kilometers. The next time when you... When the light goes on, fill up the same amount again to the click, and then you have a rough idea what the fuel consumption is. Nico, you know sometimes you go to the petrol station just taking this idea, and then uh, the gentleman, the petrol attendant, will say mm. to you, can I fill it up? 
unless you say just fill it to the click or whatever it's called, they will often fill it right to the very top. Um, do, does it, is it just a general um, protocol thing that you say only till that point of clicking? Yeah, I always I say it's a natural thing to make. I say um, please fill it till it clicks um, yeah. because I, I, you're selling well. Number one is you're selling more fuel. Um, if you pump it all the way, you fill it yeah. all to the top. And a lot of people are asking the, the petrol attendants to fill it all, all the way to the top. Um, of course, um, well, I'm talking about the filling station, things like checking the oil, even if you don't know what they're doing, climb out and have a look, especially if you don't know. So if you say, please check the oil, and you have no idea, at least the fact that you're standing there and the petrol attendant will show you something, just not in agreement, say yes, So uh, because it's less likely to... You know, somebody's less likely to take a chance. So when you're measuring the oil, uh, make sure the car has been cold. So you don't want to drive a long distance and look at the oil. Ideally, you should actually do it in the garage. But if you don't know what to do, then at a filling station, um, don't drive drive to the closest filling station. And normally, the, your, your, when you uh, the oil itself, uh, you have what you call a dipstick, which runs down to the sump where we measure the oil. And it either has two holes or it has a little bend or a little mark. And it has to go to the second mark. Um, to fill the oil. The same applies with water. Be very careful on, on checking the water when it's, the car is very hot because that stuff is dangerous. It will really, you know, you'll get badly burnt. So if your car has, you have had problems in the, the, you know, there's a problem with water, don't fill the water or you've got to wait a while wait for anything to cool down because when you open that up, there's water and steam. It's quite dangerous. Mm-hmm. And the lastly, the same applies with the tyres. If you're checking the tyre pressure as you're driving, the tires will generate a lot of heat. So the ideal time is in the garage at home or otherwise drive to the closest filling station. Yeah. And also a lot of the time when you ask somebody there and say, what, you know, what should I do? They'll say, up oh, 2.2 more. This seems to be the general one. But check inside the door or inside the fuel cap. Um, in the fuel, not the fuel cap, that little door, or inside the car door. Um, and that's where it'll tell you the pressures. And have a good look, especially if you've got, um, sometimes there's lots of writing and cars can actually have different tires. Um, in one car, they'll give you all those pressures. And it actually gives you an empty pressure when there's only the driver, plus when there's passengers. So have a look at that as well to make sure that you get the right tyre pressures if you've got people in the car as opposed to in the lane. Nico, we have to go to a break. And uh, when we come back, I have got a question that I'd like to ask you, and we'll do so straight after the break. Don't forget, we are talking to Nico, our petrol head. Now's the time for you to send in your questions for Nico. You're welcome to do so by WhatsApp. That number is 0614104107. You can also SMS us. SMS rates apply on 41391. Just give us a good old phone call on 086-000-2032 or send your question via WhatsApp, not WhatsApp, um, Twitter slash X. When we come back from the break, we'll chat to him then. All things automotive with the petrol head, Nico Smith. So, Nico, we've got a question for you that is, um, it's the, I'm not even sure that I know this car, but I think I do under another name. Is the Beijing X55 a tradable car, and how would you rate it in general? I think it's the BAIC or something like that. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's a, Michelle, it's a brand new uh, car in the market. Um, so, uh, Beijing X55. Um, yeah. I haven't driven it yet. I, I, I saw one and I had a look at it um, recently. And, and you know, we, we, we get, there's a lot of focus now and a lot of talk about um, all the... Um, uh, Chinese cars coming into the South African yeah. market. 
Um, and they seem to be, they, they're not, they seem to be, they're a lot more popular. A lot more people are driving them. The build quality looks much better than before. Um, the, so if you look at the, the, the X55, it's, uh, it feels very high tech. So if you just have it, it has two screens, a digital screen in front of the driver, a digital screen um, for the core functionality, the styling. Um, it's, I would say, compared to some of the other cars, actually, it's quite a good looking car. But I have good news for whoever's asked it, even though I haven't driven it. If you buy the latest car magazine, they actually have a test of the, the, the uh, bike Beijing X55 Premium. So you can have a look in the latest car magazine. So then you can get an idea of what car magazine says. And I have to say, um, you can also go to the website. I'm not sure if the, 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 the test is there, carmag.ca.ca. Uh, Carmag magazine has been around for, you know, it's, it's the, uh, the, the publication in South Africa that's been around the longest. It's the most respected one. I have to say, I buy my car magazine every month religiously. It gives me a good idea of what's happening in the market because I might miss some things and their tests are interesting. So, yeah, so there's the answer. Even though I haven't given it, um, have a look at car magazine and they've tested it and you can get a little bit more detail on it. But I have to say that um, they have taken our, our, our the South African market by storm um, and, and they're, they're selling quite well. And again, if you've got the testable motoring, they will have a display there and you can go have a look at the vehicle. Do, do you have any sense of what the price range is? Like, who would they be in competition with? So the price, um, and, and that's what, what people are going for, it's, it's quite a big SUV, and it's around about 480,000. Wow. So what you, yeah, so what you're getting is, if you buy a comparative uh, car from the known brands, that car would cost you 680,000, for instance. So here's about a 200,000 difference um, to a car size-wise. But of course, the, 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 what a lot of people are saying is, well, you know what, this is not a known brand, and maybe that's part of the question here, um, because it hasn't proven itself where other brands have been around for a while, where this is a brand new car, and people, some people might go, I'm not so sure, you know, let's see what the trading value is in five years' time, um, let's see where they are right now. Um, so, yeah, it, I, I think it's, a, it's a, something to consider, um, because at the end of the day, um, a lot of people are looking at styling or they're looking at value or simply at what can I afford where I need a car that's bigger and a lot of the, 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 the brands that we know um, cost a lot more. And, uh, yeah, so is it, it's, it's worthwhile to look is, at. Is the Havel part of that range? I mean, not that range, but is, is it in okay. that group? Well, I, I wouldn't know. It depends on which car you get from Havel. Um, so effectively, um, you can look at Omoda as well which is another Chinese luxury brand as a competitor. So um, the Moto 5 CS Lux S, which is um, a, a competitor, and that's at 479,000, again at 480. Um, so these are sort of two cars we're looking at. Let's call it a luxury SUV. They're a little bit bigger. Let's say they run about a RAV4 or uh, Volkswagen Tiguan size SUV. Um, and, you know, they, they're relatively, relatively cheaper. So, you know, it's, it's actually a topic that I get a lot when we do training or when we talk about cars. Somebody's always asking about the Chinese cars and the price factor, or somebody would say, I bought it and I love it. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, there could be South Africans have more choice, which is always good. Nico, um, a question from someone saying, I don't have a carport or a garage, which means that I have to leave my car out in the open. How would this impact the value of my car over time? Yo, um, not great if it's just standing in the sun. Uh, well, if it's under the tree, the first one is birds are not great. You know, birds, um, um, uh, fodder, 
<laughs> for lack of a better word, yeah. it really can damage your paintwork. So um, uh, the sun as well, in the long run, the, the paint will fade. Um, the rubbers themselves will 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 get a like a whiter color. All the you know all the black rubbers in the car they'll start getting more of a sort of a gray tint. So if if you're driving the car every day, ideally would be some shade. Uh, that's first prize. Um, if the car is just standing in the sun, if you have it, you can sometimes buy a very cheap car cover that you can cover the car. The sun is the problem. Overnight really isn't the problem. So the car standing in the sun in the day, um, every day, that would be an issue. So if it was my car, I would try and clean, I would keep it clean. And if there is any mess from birds, I would cover that off. If possible, um, find a shade or if you don't, uh, a cheap car cover over weekends and um, just to cover the car. And, but uh, apart from that, if, you, if you're still just servicing your car all the time and you're looking after it and it doesn't have lots of dents and scratches, you're still going to get a good value for it. So it's not going to have as a bad effect where you haven't looked after the car, there's scratches everywhere, the inside looks terrible, um, the car hasn't had a service. That's probably more of a problem as opposed to the car standing in the sun. Okay, someone sent you, oh, you know, our listeners are so clever. Apparently someone sent you a riddle on fuel consum- consumption. Yes. Good morning, Michelle. Good morning, Nico. Good morning to the team and the loyal listeners. Nico, three drivers are on the road. One is overspeeding. One is driving according to the limits issued on the road. And the other one is driving less less to the speed limit. Which of these three drivers are likely to save more on fuel? We all know that the one who is overspeeding is going to reach the destination faster. But we are talking about fuel consumption. It's Bramoro in Bloemfontein. Do you need us to repeat that for you, Nico? Or like, is that, did you manage to no, get I, that I, I, excellent, Brahma? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I, I think I get the drift. So let's make it simple. Let's say if you're driving on the highway, the speed limit's 120. If you drive 110, 120 or 130, which yeah. one will get the, the best fuel consumption? Well, simply, um, uh, if you're just looking at fuel consumption, 110 will be better than 120 or even 130. As you go faster, the engine is working harder. Um, but also what happens is you're going to get create more drag because this body, the whatever this vehicle is, is going to be pulled through the air. So as you go faster, you're going to get more resistance, which means the engine's going to work harder. So if you're just looking at fuel consumption, by driving a little bit slower, you will get better fuel consumption. And by being light on the, the accelerator pedal is going to make a big difference. So if you're going uphill and you've got that pedal smashed all the way down to the floor, uh, wherever you're going, you're accelerating more, makes a difference as opposed to just sort of having um, a light foot. It's almost, you know, let's imagine that the accelerator pedal is made of glass. So you're always squeezing it lightly. Um, that makes an effect, a difference on the fuel consumption of the car. So the speed has an effect because engine is working harder and drag, but there's a danger side to it. So the, what, I, what, I always, what frustrates me a little bit is when the, the speed is 120 and people are doing 80 because, or, or even 100. Um, there is times when that actually is dangerous. Because um, the difference in speed, let's say you're doing 80 and the speed limit is 120, um, there's a 40k an hour difference, which actually then becomes dangerous. So you should also be wary not to go too slow in a certain speed range because other drivers are frustrated and it actually can be a safety issue as well. But I, I, I normally just with my car, if I drive at 120 and I just try and have a light foot, literally what I said, I can actually see how the, the car is actually quite light on fuel. Um, and then, of course, things like downhills, don't accelerate if you're going on a downhill. Lift off the gas completely. So I take my foot off the accelerator as soon as the car can coast or I'm on a downhill, and that helps with fuel consumption as well. 
Okay, we have to go to a break, but when we come back, uh, we'll give you the rest of your questions. All things automotive with the petrol head, Nico Smith. Okay, Nico, we've got um, another question for you. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Good morning, good morning, Sister Michelle. Good morning, good morning, Mr. Nichols. It's Fred the Trucker here. I don't know if anyone has noticed that, you know, those cherry cars that they say they were going to be transporting the BRICS members and everybody who was there at BRICS, those cars, they were surrounded by your BMWs, your Golf 6, and I saw them, I think I saw three of them stuck in the highway. Those cars, I don't know. I don't know the durability of those cars, but icon, icon, icon. <laughs> I'm going to just leave that as a comment and move right on. Exactly. Let's move on. Okay. <laughs> it's very exciting. Now. Morning, 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 sister, morning, sister Michelle. Sometimes the fuel consumption, sometimes the fuel consumption is determined by the engine capacity. For an example, if you are driving a Mazda B16 and you are driving a Mazda 2.2 liter, the Mazda B16 will be in, in 80. Then the Mazda 2.0 will be around, let's say, 100. So it's according to the engine capacity. Mazda B16, Mazda B18, Mazda 2.0. All of you, when you are using the same road, they use different fuel according to the driver and the acceleration rate and so forth. Thank you. Have a nice day. Okay, Nico, are you, uh, is that making sense for you? Yeah, of course. I mean, we, when we're talking about fuel consumption, we are, we, and we use this example of 110, 120, and 130, we spoke for the same car. So in other words, for that, whatever that engine is, whether it be a three liter or 1400 or a V8. Um, but that is definitely true. And um, there are, if, if you look at the two cars, let's take two SUVs, let's start there and say one is a petrol and one is a diesel. Those diesel SUVs, um, let's say both are two liters. That diesel SUV, two liter, is actually very light on fuel. Um, if you take buckies as well, people tend to prefer the diesel buckies because they, um, um, sometimes the engine is slightly smaller and the, 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 the petrol, and they have good fuel consumption. It's like Hilux. You get a three-liter or that, or, or that, um, that four-liter. That four-liter petrol is heavy on fuel. Um, and then on the newer cars, exactly, again, the, we refer to it as displacement, which is engine size. The new, a lot of manufacturers now have 1,400 turbos or even one-liter turbos. And those small engines with a turbo, they're really light on fuel because um, the turbo helps the engine to breathe better and perform better, but at the end of the day, it's still a little one meter. Um, so engine has a big difference. Um, uh, then the body shape has a massive difference uh, or, or, or help on fuel consumption. Probably the best um, uh, fuel consumption shape, let's say shape and I'm really generalizing, is a sedan, so something with a boot. And the worst would be a bucky um, because um, at the back of the bucky, uh, the, 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 so in other words, things that uh, influence the fuel consumption is the size of that frontal image that you take, um, the way the air flows over, over the vehicle. And if you, if you speak of a bucky, the air flows over the cab and at the back where, the, um, where your load area is, that's just going to create a lot of drag. Um, so the, the shape and the size of the vehicle has a massive difference on the fuel consumption. So there's lots of factors. But if you just take your car, whatever you are driving, let's say your car is a three litre, you can influence the fuel consumption by simply adjusting the speed 
and, and this, the speed limit versus a little bit faster. And if you then go to 160, even worse. The only one that's different is electric cars. Electric cars don't like a constant speed at all. And they're really very, very much susceptible to um, letting the reins go down if you go too fast. So if you have an electric car and you're doing 120 versus 140, there's a massive difference in the range. And if you're just driving at a constant speed on the highway, you're going to get a lot less range as opposed to driving in town. So if you're driving in town, electric cars will regenerate the energy when you brake. So every time you brake, energy goes back into the battery. So you'll find that, and I'm just using a very broad example, you might find that in town, you can get 350 kilometers, but on the highway, you can only get 280 kilometers, even 250. So electric cars don't like power convert where petrol or diesel cars are the other way around. So if you want to get the best fuel consumption, the highway is going to be your lowest fuel consumption, and that stop-start driving in, in town is going to be the worst fuel consumption. So a lot of factors that actually influence the fuel consumption of the car. Very good point that, that the person made. Nico, a very quick question for you. Um, what led to the VW Beetle development for desert, desert, quest, desert conditions? I wanted to write desert. But desert. <laughs> so again, what led to the development? The VW Beetle development for desert conditions. Oosh, I, I'm not sure the question. So um, the Beetle, of course, was initially developed um, in the 1930s. I think 38 was when the first prototype was made, and it was simply a car that was, the idea was to have a car for every German person. Um, in other words, an affordable car, the people's car. That's when it started. Uh, and as soon as the, the Second World War started in 1939. Uh, the Beatles were really converted to military-type vehicles and transporters. Uh, and then after the Second World War, um, the, 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 the factory was taken over by the Allies, and there was a British, um, the British had actually run the factory. And luckily for, for Volkswagen, there was a, a, I think it was a colonel or something that saw the potential of the Volkswagen and, and actually started the production of the Beetle again. So I'm not sure about the desert conditions necessarily. It could simply be that, of course, um, there was a lot of a part of the Second World War in Africa or North Africa. So it could have been that the cars were driven there. But I don't, it was ne not necessarily developed or um, for desert conditions. It was simply just used as a military vehicle there. And just as a matter of interest, you might not know this, Nico, but in 1951, the first VW Beetle was uh, built in Utenhagen, in the Eastern Cape. Did you know that? Oh, wow, I didn't. That's, I mean, that's fabulous. You have such a rich history with, with making cars. Yes, and the, the Beetle was, I think, the last on the show. And now I'm, 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 I can't remember the details, but I think it was something like 1983 in Mexico. That's how long the Beetle was produced. Sure. Okay, well, Nico, that's it. Are you going to go back and have a cup of coffee now, or are you going to, like, get cracking? No, no, I'm definitely going to have another cup. I had the first one earlier, so I'm definitely making the second one. Okay, that sounds like the right thing to do. We'll chat to you next week. <laughs> yes, have a lovely week and nice to chat to you. You too, Nico. It's nine o'clock. It's time for the news, so good morning.